Welcome to Soul Essence Wellness Center's podcast, a podcast to help you connect with your highest self that features episodes combining psychology, spirituality, and energy healing. Please welcome your host, Zandra Haas, a spiritual wellness coach, psychotherapist, and psychic medium in Boulder, Colorado. Thank you so much for tuning into my podcast. As you can uh, tell, sometimes I take large breaks between episodes in order to really listen to what my next step is and to also dive into my own work. I think it can be uh, incredibly easy for me to speak on a subject and sort of regurgitate back information that is unique or interesting or helpful that might positively impact someone's life. But I feel like that also misses the point of embodying my own journey and also letting myself really soak into and learn the lessons and insights that I'm speaking to. So I'm speaking from my own truth and also my learning experiences when I create podcasts versus just trying to meet the needs of other people or act as if I'm a teacher that has completely figured everything out and just wants to offer information back. So ironically, my last podcast series started out with me speaking my full truth. But frankly, after finishing the fifth episode in the series, I sort of spiraled into wanting to offer things that could help other people rather than speaking to my own story. And uh, it was kind of hilarious because my guides halted me in my tracks. I kept trying to lean in and get the go-ahead from them because ultimately I wanted to create a mini-series to offer free energy healing techniques. But uh, my guides called me out really hard on something that has been an underground river that has flowed so deeply in my own inner world and only recently has the spring of this pattern, she could call it, begun to sort of break the surface of my mental awareness. And so my guides stopped me from moving ahead to witness the information flowing up through me and in a way asked me to sort of sit quietly and wait to see what came through. (laughs) And uh, as much as I'd like to make it sound all romantic and and sweet, this was uh, not a babbling brook or a spring that flowed out. (laughs) This was like a spicy, yellow, green, festering, sulfuric geyser (laughs) from Yellowstone that essentially rocketed its way out, attached to a whole lot of old anger and uh, self-judgment. So I'm not familiar or not sure how familiar you are with the uh, topic of codependency. Most of us hear the word in regards to uh, a form of an attachment uh, that can happen where a person basically puts their needs on the back burner in order to maintain a relationship or some sort of activity. 
And of course, it comes with a slew of a variety of uh, emotional and personality traits that can form from this type of attachment, you know, such as low self-esteem, fear of abandonment, guilt, you know, all that, all that good stuff. (laughs) So all of my life, I scoffed at codependency, you know, any form of it I saw in my system, I immediately felt nauseous. And I pushed it away because it made me feel weak or inadequate. And I, I grew up in a family system where both parents operated on the basis of essentially living independent and separate lives with me being the variable of connection. So my parents saw one another as partners, but the companionship kind with very little intimacy So I never really grew up watching people model intimacy and vulnerability in relationship. So naturally, even though what I actually wanted more than anything was interdependent relationships, right? So like relationships that have like a a strong sense of connection and also self-love, I ultimately pushed those opportunities away. You know, and as children, we're very, very smart and we find ways to get our needs met. So somewhere along my path, I haven't quite figured out when the when the turning point, maybe it was pretty close to, to very young childhood, but I realized that if other people needed me, it would reinforce that I was a good person. And it felt like a form of validation and offered me a way to love myself. And to also view myself as lovable. So I'm sure you can feel the uh, wounded healer story train about to chuck through. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> so long, long story short, I began a very deep pattern of undercover codependency. If there was a way I could help, I was there. If I, you know, if there was a friend that needed me and was upset, I skipped classes for them, went to the counselor with them. You know, I had a million places that I volunteered with, like just bullet pointed on my application for college. You know, I had like a whole freaking page. (laughs) And of course, I originally went into college trying to do social work. You know, so any way I could find an opportunity to help others heal. So you you can't really see my hands right now, obviously, but I did the quotation mark thing uh, with my hands when I said others heal, heal others. In in actuality, although my like deep love for other people was truly authentic, you know, at the core, I was actually trying to heal me. I was trying to heal my sense of inadequacy. I was trying to prove that I was a valuable person. I have journal entry upon journal entry with all these entries about how much my soul wanted to help heal the world. And yes, the love for the world is and was completely true. And yes, I still care deeply about others and know it's my path to continue being and working with others. But although I knew I was a good person then, I wasn't enough on my own. I didn't have my own true sense of validation. 
I bypassed myself by pouring my love into other people. I mean, if other people needed me back then, that's how I knew I was enough. I mean, at least for a little while. So when I look back, I see a tender-hearted little girl with a massive love for the world. I remember lying in my bed one night at, I don't know, maybe six or seven years old, thinking about love and the energy of it and feeling into it and, and just sort of just feeling it radiate in my heart space. And I realized I would die for anyone. I began listing all my immediate family members and then my extended family and then my neighbors and my friends and then got to strangers and then even moved into thinking about people that had committed, you know, really difficult crimes or were in a place of not doing a lot of good right now in the world. And I remember smiling at the ceiling I remember at that time I was really afraid of the dark because I was so sensitive I could hear footsteps and voices when I was supposed to be sleeping and so I needed a night light to shine on the ceiling so that I woke up and I could look around my room and make sure I was alone. And so I remember looking up into this like orange light on the ceiling and smiling at it with the realization that I loved people so much that I was okay giving my energy to them so they could have what they needed because I could see the goodness in any run. My empathic vibes were quite strong as a kid, I guess you could say. And although this energy, this sort of realization was really true for me, it really warped as I grew up not realizing that I could hold this level of self-love for myself. And so I continued to give my love for myself away to others. I gave away my power and my sovereignty. Oh, and I ached. So I, I loved more. And then I became resentful. So then I would love more to bypass the ache and then eventually the anger. My undercover codependency turned into the strongest coping mechanism I have for feeling negatively about myself. So, <laughs> naturally, I found myself becoming a counselor because like, what a perfect way to keep this strategy going. <laughs> so, you also notice as I'm I'm telling the story, there's there's a little bit of laughter because I have such sweetness for the ways that I have figured out how to honor myself while sometimes dishonoring myself. And so there is a level of amusement of like, oh wow, I was doing my best then. That's that's what I thought, and that's okay. I needed that. So you also notice that there's some chuckles, which is not necessarily trying to bypass the the ache in the story because it's definitely there but there's just so much sweetness when I talk about it that's intermixed with the ache so I hope you'll get to chuckle a little bit with me as you as you hear this story so 
obviously becoming a counselor, uh, I chose more of an alternative program. I was actually already, after graduating from the University of Minnesota, I immediately went into getting a master's degree and I was looking at getting a dual degree in Minnesota at St. Catherine's University in social work and also holistic health studies because I was already fascinated with how to help people in a more holistic um, and sort of more spiritually attuned way. And so somewhere along the line, I ended up learning about Naropa through a classmate that had turned down Naropa's program to be in the one we were in. And so long story short, I ended up only completing a graduate degree, a short one-year program at St. Catherine's and transferred over to Naropa. And luckily, my studies at Naropa ripped open this codependent strategy, slowly but very efficiently. (laughs) And I can say I am so thankful that Naropa's graduate contemplative program literally makes you sit four hours, both by yourself and in community, so that you have a mirror to begin seeing yourself more fully before trying to help other people. Right, my hands did that like quotation thing again because half of us are trying to heal ourselves <laughs> with through trying to help other people. But ultimately the program unwound me. But even then I started seeing how critical I was of myself, but I wasn't even aware of the larger pattern underneath the critical and the judgment and the lack of self-love intertwined in there. So since creating the first miniseries in July, I watched myself become angry and frustrated with my guides as they sort of continued to uh, tell me to wait when I wanted to jump in and immediately create more episodes. And man, am I so glad that they can see who I am even when I find myself in the dark and get all huffy and and don't want to (laughs) listen. So in a, in a sweet but also firm way, they were telling me to wait, you know, to watch how my undercover codependency was about to get lit up in trying to create podcasts that didn't truly offer my full vulnerability and experience of where I was. I was about to move my own story aside to offer love and some really beautiful healing tools But it was offering from a place where I was just trying to meet other people's needs rather than my own. I mean, there is such a deep wound in the healing community that you need to sacrifice your own needs in order to make sure other people are met. And obviously, if you're sensitive and empathic and you feel other people's emotions, it also benefits you to make sure other people are okay because then you feel into their emotions, they're okay, and then you feel okay. So I've also noticed that empaths and folks that are sensitive can fall into undercover codependency because part of everyone else being okay has to do with them being okay and you know believe me over here it is hard for me to say no but I am learning to only do things that I can do with my whole heart with a gracious and giving heart and to ask myself honestly if someone asks me to do something am I doing this with my full gracious and authentic heart Am I sacrificing myself in any way in order to be validated? And if I don't ask this question, 
I can fall into unknowingly reinforcing a sense of my own needs not being as important as others. And, you know, unfortunately, quiet resentment builds up in my system and then it reinforces this story that I can't be met, right? That I have to meet other people first in order to be met, which is incredibly untrue. So one of the most important skills that I've learned in leaning into fully being more and more aligned with my soul essence is stepping into my spiritual certainty. And spiritual certainty simply means knowing I'm a spirit that has chosen this body, this vessel to learn and evolve and grow in. When I disregard myself as a spirit, meaning I turn away from my own core of love, I push away from the truth of what I really am. So when I'm codependent on others for their validation, right, in terms of undercover codependency, I invalidate my own vibrancy as a soul, right? Like we don't deserve love. We are love. That is our basic nature. And it's sad. You know, we all have this deep well, this aquifer of love that flows through us indefinitely. And in my own story, I felt my own river that would gush towards others, but I couldn't locate my own well. And so I loved people Lots of people hoping they would share their well with me and that it would heal me. So as a teacher, counselor, healer, you know, all these labels or things that I am, I cannot honestly help people if I cannot locate and live deeply into my own well. Because if I'm not embodying my own truth, like how am I going to mirror this embodiment to other people? It is my promise to myself that I will never try to teach something I have not lived because it's not about me trying to validate a sense of being quote unquote right or intelligent. It's about me living my true essence and walking next to people and saying, I see your divinity, I see your struggle, and I see the well of love and capability and wisdom in you because I can see my own and where we come from is the same when we love ourselves freely and openly and discover our own soul spring our frequency naturally heals other people because that truth of their own goodness and soul spring becomes a possibility so for example and not to get overly political but many people especially lately, have been talking about how important it is that our presidents and vice presidents and leaders are no longer just white men. Because when we have presidents and leaders that are diverse in race and culture and sexuality and gender identity and ability, you name it, it allows everyone to step into the possibility that they can become those things as well, right? We can see ourselves in them. It gives people permission to step into their truth, to see themselves as divine and powerful. So by authentically living your truth and doing your own work, other people see it and they say, wow, I didn't know that was possible. I didn't know this deep well of love is inside of me. And now I can begin living into my soul essence, who I really am. So when you walk around in your soul truth and frequency, other people feel it and they can sense it in themselves. 
Your individual journey is so important. Being who you are, loving yourself without limitations is so important. And yes, absolutely, please fiercely and unapologetically love the world. You know, give everything that you can and also know where I can and I can't lie for you. And don't be guilty for having your own boundaries. Rest when you need it. You know, allow yourself to play. But don't forget your own divinity. Locate your own soul spring and meet and honor others in it. Thank you for understanding and being with me. Ooh. A massive, massive murder of crows just spun out around my window. I'm not sure if you could hear it on here, but crows are some of my favorite beings, so I'm overjoyed that they will be documented <laughs> in this podcast. I, I want to thank you all for understanding that I must always listen to my own journey and only offer from a true, authentic, and vulnerable place within me. Believe me, I always want to give, but I'm doing my best to give from a place of genuine truth and tenderness. It is beyond humbling to teach from a place of sharing my story and the, the stickiness and the ache and, of course, the healing parts. But rather than offering from an untrue place that I have it all figured out. <laughs> and that's why I love working with people that also want to take an honest look at themselves and give space and decide what needs to be heard and loved and healed and honored. Because I walk this path too. And we walk it together. And as a teacher and a counselor and a healer, I lovingly look at the wounds with the people I work with and I stand in the muck with them. And I also call folks out for the ways, some of the same ways that I call myself out when someone isn't honoring their full truth so that all of the untrue pictures and stories can fall away. Soon, I will have some pretty amazing apprenticeships coming out for those of you that want to really, really go in. And I mean really go in deeply. Uh, these apprenticeships are for folks that really, really want to transform their lives and love themselves more authentically. And when I mean love, I mean everything. The ugly, the shadow, the inner child. I am so excited to dive in with folks that are all in and that want to really align in their spiritual essence and also connect so deeply with their spiritual truth and look at their past lives and learn how to do a lot of psychic skills and use healing tools for themselves. So if you are interested in learning more about this opportunity and feel called to work with me, please feel free to visit my website, which is soulessencewellnesscenter.com and send me an email. 
there will be a limited number of spots as I want to give my full support to just a select few people that really want to step into living their full spiritual lives. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. As always, sending so, so much love. Thanks for joining us this week on Soul Essence Wellness Center's podcast. Make sure to visit Zandra's website, soulessencewellnesscenter.com, to find more resources about how to transform your life. Zandra is available for private coaching, energy healings, psychic readings, and much more.